0: If you dare. Scott Seidenberg on v the Sports Betting Network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. Always on Twitter, at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. An exciting uh, Tuesday on the ice in the NHL. The Colorado Avalanche, who had lost two in a row, bounced back with a win against the Islanders, then had to play second night of a back to back against the devils lose to the devils 5 to 3 uh what this means is i'd be looking to back colorado in their next game even though it's at carolina uh but mm, that that's that's not uh, that's not a good loss for them against the uh devils speaking of losses the golden knights lose to the flyers 2-1 and they are just falling in the standings. And they, they right now, they're still in third in the Pacific because they get some help with some other teams losing. But uh, it's if they start dropping, if they keep losing games, they've only won four of their last ten games. Uh, they're going to be on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoffs. So uh, they got to keep. They got to start putting together some wins here. Panthers beat the Penguins 4-3 in an incredible game. Uh, could be a, um, you know, potential Eastern Conference finals preview. Two really good teams in the Eastern Conference. Toronto with a 6-4 win over the Kraken. Coyotes beat the Red Wings 9-2. That's a lot of goals. Senators upset the Blues 4-1. They snapped their losing streak. St. Louis, meanwhile, now has lost 4 Straight games. Predators beat the Stars. Wild over the Rangers 5-2. And what did we tell you last night? If Alexander Georgiev is the goaltender for the Rangers, the auto-play is the other team and the over. Total went up to 6.5 for this game. And it hit with a 5-2 Minnesota win. Despite having a scoreless third period. So you hit the over in the second period and both the teams went scoreless in the third period. Furthermore, solidifying my argument as to why Igor Shesterkin should be the MVP of the NHL. When he plays, the Rangers are a legit playoff contender. When he doesn't, they're not a playoff team. They're just not good. And... Georgiev is on an incredible, well, bad losing stretch here. It's an auto-fade of the Rangers when Chesterkin's not in net. And I think that just shows you how valuable he is to that team. He's a lock to win the Vesna. He's your third favorite right now to win the MVP. Going to be hard to go against someone like an Austin Matthews who's going to lead the league in goals. But... I don't think Connor McDavid's going to win the MVP. Why not To it's, it's it's something that really should be talked about more, and I know it's starting to, but it really should be talked about even further. Uh, Jets beat the Lightning seven four. Was the Blackhawks over the Ducks eight to three? That Grand Salami hit with ease uh, here on Tuesday. Capitals beat the Flames five to four. Washington now has to play. Second night of a back-to-back against Edmonton in Edmonton. This is uh, the first game of a TNT nationally televised doubleheader on Wednesday. Edmonton is a small favorite of minus 125, and Edmonton is the play for me in this game. Don't know who's going to be in net for Washington, but if, look at the standings. Uh, Washington is a wild card team right now. Edmonton is right there behind the Golden Knights in the Pacific Division. They are four points back of Vegas, but they are three points back of a wild card spot. So they're currently on the outside looking in. They can't afford to let points slip away. Certainly not winnable games, and no disrespect to the the Capitals, who have had a, a really nice season. They've won three straight games. They're playing good hockey. Edmonton needs the win. And I'm going to back Edmonton in this spot against Washington, especially considering Washington playing the second night of a back-to-back here. And two nights in a row on the road. The other game on Wednesday's slate is the Canadiens at the Canucks. Vancouver comes into this game Winners of two straight, including a very nice win over the Maple Leafs. But they're still a team that is not in the playoff picture. They have 62 points. Could they make a run? Maybe. But not quite there. And I don't believe they will make a run. Montreal comes into this game winners of seven of their last eight. And yet. The market is still not caught up. With the way that this Canadians team. Is playing hockey. Montreal is plus 180. Against the Canucks here. On Wednesday night. And the the odds. Are still depicting this team. As. The worst team in the NHL. Which for a time. they They were the worst team. And even right now, yes, by one point, because of Arizona's win, they have the worst record in the NHL. They have 38 points on the season. Excuse me, 37 points on the season. Arizona has 38. Seattle has 39. But this is a Montreal team that has won, as I mentioned, seven of their last eight games going up against Vancouver who has won 7 of 10, playing good hockey. I understand that. But plus 180 is too heavy of a line when you consider just how good Montreal has looked over the past, uh, you know, eight games. So I'm going to back Montreal here at this price at plus 180 and have a little fun with them. Maybe uh, even the plus a goal and a half if you – If you're not as confident on Montreal winning this game and you don't want to chase the plus money, which is pretty nice plus money, plus 180, it's pretty nice. Montreal at plus a goal and a half on the puck line, meaning they can still lose the game, but just lose by one and you win. Game goes to overtime, you automatically win. It's only minus 130. That's nothing. Usually you get these things at a much higher price. Minus 130 is nothing. That's Edmonton is minus 125 in their money line against Washington. I already like that bet. And now you get Montreal plus a goal and a half. Parlay the both of them. It's plus 218. Or just parlay Montreal on the money line with Edmonton. And it's plus 404. Those are my two plays for the NHL slate here coming up on uh, Wednesday. Taking a look at the standings, though. You still have Colorado. Right there for the President's Trophy, 87 points despite the loss to the uh, New Jersey Devils. You have Carolina with 83 points and Florida with 83 points. There's still plenty of time left in the season for uh, one of these teams to rise up and capture the President's Trophy away from the Colorado Avalanche. The Avalanche are your favorite still to win the Stanley Cup at plus 400. Lightning are next at plus 650. Florida plus eight hundred. For some reason, the Vegas Golden Knights are your fourth favorite at plus a thousand, as are the Maple Leafs and the Calgary Flames. Carolina plus twelve hundred, Pittsburgh plus sixteen hundred. Then you start going even deeper. And this is kind of the range that I'm looking at right now. I'm looking at a team Penguins sixteen to one, uh Boston sixteen to one, Minnesota twenty-two to one, St. Louis twenty-five to one. This is the range that I'm looking at here uh, in the futures market for the Stanley Cup. Uh, all those top teams, maybe you could take a look. Calgary was a team that everybody was on, but now the odds have you know, definitely changed. They're plus 450 to win the Western Conference. There was a time you could have gotten that double, if not higher. And Calgary has been a great story of uh, the way that they have been playing in the second half of the season winners of seven of their last 10 despite the loss to Washington here on Tuesday. They're in first place in the Pacific division. I'd still back them. If I'm picking a team to win that division over Vegas, over the Kings or Edmonton, if they should rise up at 75 points, Calgary looking really good. And that was an impressive win the other night or over the weekend when they beat Colorado in overtime. So that is a potential Western conference. Finals preview. Elsewhere in the futures market, if you're looking at division winner, this is where it could be fun. The divisions right now, you have Florida three points up on Tampa in the Atlantic. Florida to win the Atlantic division is minus 160, Tampa plus plus one ninety. Toronto plus 700. Toronto is five points back. Carolina is six points up on the Rangers in the Metropolitan. And Carolina is minus 500 to win that division. Rangers plus 800. Decent value there. Calgary minus 1,200 to win the Pacific. Just wild. Vegas plus 1,200. They're not even in second place. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll catch up with our very own Matt Humans as we get into the college basketball slate here for Wednesday and talk about the Players' Championship. Yeah, we got some golf odds to discuss coming up here on The Look Ahead here on v the sports betting network.
1: Feast in the Sports
0: Betting Network. Game on. Play the Yingling bracket battle and bring the goods. Make your college hoops picks before the tournament's first tip-off and take a free shot at a share of $60,000 in cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Yingling now to join the action. Yingling, log her up and bring the goods. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. For details, Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joined now by a senior editor, Point Spread Weekly, VSIN.com, host of uh, The Edge, and he's all over the network. He is Matt Humans. Uh, Matt, college troops heating up conference tournament time. Gonzaga wins the West Coast as expected. Are you penciling them in right now to the final four?
1: No, I never have been. Uh, not since uh, November. And uh, I've been consistent on this from the beginning. This Gonzaga team's nowhere near as good as last year's uh, Zags team. And uh, I think a lot of the odds makers, a lot of people have overrated uh, this Gonzaga team from the beginning. And uh, you tell me, Scott, why uh, a Gonzaga team that lost on a neutral to Duke, lost on a neutral to a semi neutral to Alabama, it was kind of like a home court for the Zags. Mm-hmm and um, also got run out by St. Mary's and only at sixth true road game of the season two weeks ago is a uh, consensus number one. Uh, who have the Zags defeated in the last two months tells you this is a consensus number one team or a lock to the final four. Nobody, nothing suggests that Chet Holmgren is, uh, you know, probably a top five pick, but if you watch him tonight, he couldn't make a shot. He had eight points and eight rebounds. Drew Timmy was far from a superstar. Uh, There's not much on that Gonzaga bench that really impresses you. So, no, I think this team has a lot of holes. Just uh, like I said last year at this time, the right team could expose last year's Zags team. It was going to have to be a a team with uh, athletic uh, guards who could beat uh, Gonzaga's defenders off the dribble and get to the rim because last year's Gonzaga team didn't have any rim defense. This one's got a little bit more because of Chet Holmgren and his pterodactyl type of arms Mm -hmm. out there, but uh, I I still think this uh, Zags team right now, I've got power rated number five in the country. And uh, you know, all the other teams in the top 10 have some black eyes on a resume and things like that too. So I don't think here's the bottom line. I I don't see the Gonzaga has separated itself from the field. Like a lot of other people do. I think Gonzaga is right there in the middle of the pack in the top 10 with all the other, you know, nine or 10 top teams in the country.
0: I agree with you. And I think that they're right now in line to get the number one overall seed, whether they deserve it or not. But I do think that if Baylor wins the big 12 tournament, that they would deserve the number one overall seed. I think Baylor has much more of a case to be made with all of their quadrant one wins than Gonzaga.
1: Yeah. And the thing about Baylor is uh, you've had a couple key injuries, late in the season, it's not really the same Baylor team. It was in November. I have to give Scott drew a ton of credit though. I mean, what he lost last season and what he's lost during this season. And he's still got a team. That's got a a resume worthy of a, a number one seed. Um, Baylor's obviously got, when you, when you look at it on paper, if you did a blind resume, you would say, Hey, this team could be a number one overall seed." Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit concerned. I'm a little bit concerned about what the bears have lost throughout the, uh, season you lose a big man, you lose your best three point shooter. It's not the same team it was two months ago. But you know, I I'll I'll say it again. I think any one of fifteen teams can win this national championship. And then there's about twenty five teams that could reach the final four. So it's it's gonna be really interesting, Scott, to see how these teams get grouped when the brackets come out and see, uh, you know, we're talking about who's got an easy region, who's got the toughest region, things like that. Because last year, I thought Gonzaga had a cakewalk to the final four. So Mm -hmm. we'll see.
0: The ACC tournament gets underway here on Wednesday. It all tips off at uh, noon Eastern time from the Barclays Center, Syracuse and Florida state. Look, it's not been a good year for the orange. It's, it's been a disaster of a year for Syracuse, but Jim Beheim's teams always, when it comes down to conference tournament or NCAA tournament time, are always a tough beat. Do you like the Orange to advance to the next round here uh, in Brooklyn?
1: You know, this is a tough one for me because uh, exactly what you said is was uh... – the uh, the main point in my thought process when I was looking at this game because a lot of people count out Syracuse every year. He gets to tournament time. Orange on the bubble. Or are they going to make it? Well, they're not going to make it this year. Mm-hmm. They would have to run the Big East. Well, uh, they would have to run the ACC tournament uh, title to even get in, and that's not going to happen. I mean, right now it's uh, basically can Syracuse win a game in this tournament? And uh, I'm not sure against Florida State here because I, I was stunned that Syracuse blew that lead at home against Miami. The Hurricanes scored the last 10 points. Uh, the Bayheims played really well that day. It looked like Syracuse had the game won. And uh, Miami uh, rallies come from behind and um, beats Jim Beheim 75-72, I think, in the Carrier Dome. And that was stunning, if you bet Syracuse in that game. I just wonder what this team has got left. So, of the uh, games I told you I wanted to talk about tonight, that's one where I'm still kind of a little bit undecided because – I want to play Syracuse, but I'm a little bit concerned about how the season finished. And, you know, Bayheim I think, has never had a losing record, or he hasn't had one since, like, his first or second year. We're talking over 40 years. And right now, Syracuse is, what, 15 and 16 going to the tournament.
0: Yeah, wow. Uh, Let's talk about a game in the Pac-12 tournament that a lot of people are on, and I think I'm leaning that way as well, Matt, and that's three-win Oregon State, one in 19 in conference play, as a nine, nine and a half point dog against the Oregon Ducks, am I crazy? Is everyone crazy? Why are we? Why? Why does this seem like everyone's darling pick uh, on this slate?
1: Well, I think the Beavers have uh, played really hard for Wayne Tinkle late in the season. I mean, that overtime loss to USC—they had some games went right down to the wire. But I'll tell you exactly why I think Oregon State is the play here, and that's because uh, Will Richardson. The point guard for the Ducks is out for the Pac-12 tournament. So uh, before that, I thought the Ducks had a chance to make a run at 22-1 to 1 odds. I thought they had a chance to uh, get through that bracket. Dana Altman's done it before. I thought maybe he could do it again and surprise everybody and win the Pac-12. But hey, this Oregon team, the 3-2 and two against Arizona, UCLA, and USC this season, and the two losses were right down to the wire. One was in Tucson, Arizona, by three in a game I thought Oregon should have won. But you take Will Richardson out, I think this offense is going to be uh, lost. And, you know, the Ducks have had a lot of problems here down the stretch anyway, Scott, because uh, they've looked uninspired at times. looked like they don't care at all. Uh, They've lost, uh, what, three in a row, and I think five or six here going to the tournament. Just when it looked like Dana Altman had things turned around. So, basically, uh, Oregon State, which made a Cinderella run to the Mm -hmm. title last year, uh, I wouldn't be stunned if the Beavers actually win that game now with Will Richardson, the point guard, out for the Ducks.
0: Matt, you've been so good uh, with the Mountain West all season long. Uh, is there a game that you're highlighting on the slate here for the first round action on Wednesday?
1: Yeah, I'm going to, I haven't played this yet, but I'll probably play it tonight is uh, New Mexico plus four and a half against Nevada. That's an early tip time tomorrow. I think 11 a.m. here in Vegas at the Thomas Mack. there's not going to be much of a crowd there. Um, but Reno and New Mexico, interesting, are two of the teams in the Mountain West who actually do bring some fans in for the tournament uh, from out of town. So I think that it'll be a decent atmosphere in there. And uh, I, do, I just don't believe uh, Nevada should be a four four and a half point favorite. And I do think Nevada is finally a healthy team. Uh, you've got uh, you, you've actually got Grant Shurfield surrounded by. Uh, a full complement of uh, starters, which you really haven't seen for Reno much at all in the past two months. When Steve Alford's got his uh, starting five out there, it's a pretty good team. But at the same time, if you watch New Mexico late in the season with Jamal Mashburn Jr., Jalen House, these guys are really heating up, and uh, they played well on the road of Fresno. They beat UNLV in the pit on Saturday. I made this number one and a half, and uh, I saw Ken Palm. I looked that up out of curiosity tonight. He's got it a two point game. Hmm. I'm not really sure why Reno is a four and a half point favorite here, Scott. So I'm going to take the points with the Lobos and expect a shootout that goes down to the wire because you're going to have great guard play and a lot of three pointers fired in this game. I think it's going to be a high scoring game that goes to the wire. I'll take the dog. Uh,
0: who do you like to win that tournament? Real quick, we got about a minute left.
1: San Diego State at plus uh, three thirty is my bet. In that tournament. And uh, I think the final, I'm going to say the final game on Saturday is going to be Boise against uh, San Diego State. And Boise has won the first two meetings this season. Uh, Both were uh, games that were decided in the final minute. And um, it's going to be tough to beat the Aztecs three times because I think uh, they should have won the second meeting up of Boise a couple of weeks ago. So I played San Diego State at plus 330. Nice. Uh Great. We'll take a look at that as well.
0: Hang with me, Matt, because on the other side, I want to talk about golf's fifth major, the Players' Championship coming up, and we got to get some picks for that as uh, it's been a good season so far with the golf selections. He's Matt Eumans, a senior editor here at v I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at scottsonair. Hit us all up on the network at Vsin Live we'll get to those golf picks coming up next right here on the look ahead here on Vsin the sports betting network This is the look ahead on Vsin the sports betting network The KFC sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer. That's why it's finger looking good. Order the KFC sandwich today. No, it doesn't say to make those mouth sounds on the read, but I just added in because anytime I'm talking about the KFC chicken sandwich, do salivate a little bit there. A little Pavlovian saliv- salivation there for me. Matt Eumanns rejoins me, our senior editor here at Vison host of The Edge. Of course, read his stuff in Point Spread Weekly as well, uh, and the fast food connoisseur here at VSN uh, knows a lot about that uh, KFC chicken sandwich. Matt, uh, let's before we get into the golf, let's wrap up the conversation with the college basketball because a couple other conference tournaments start here on Wednesday. Big Ten first round action: Nebraska Northwestern, six o'clock Eastern Time. Northwestern laying four and a half. Do you agree with that line?
1: You know, I, I don't have a big problem with the line. Here's the thing. The Purple Cats went to Lincoln and blew out the Cornhuskers a few weeks ago. That was before Fred Hoiberg uh, found out he was going to be retained by the AD at Nebraska, Trev Alberts. And after that, for some reason, the Cornhuskers have become uh, the hottest team in the Big Ten. Who can explain it? Uh, they went on the road and blew out Penn State beat Ohio State, beat Wisconsin without their leading scorer. And uh, it's really hard to figure out what's happened with uh, Nebraska. I think it kind of looks like a square dog because Nebraska's been so hot. Uh, But Northwestern is not a reliable favorite. There are certain teams you don't want to bet when they're laying points, and Northwestern's one of them. So I haven't bet this game yet, but I might end up on the Huskers.
0: Big East tournament getting underway at Madison Square Garden. And a team that is uh, sitting on the bubble right now is Xavier. They're laying five and a half against <laughs> Butler. Uh, who do you like in this matchup?
1: Well, this is one of the first bets I made yesterday. I took six and a half with the Bulldogs. Mm. And um, if you watch Xavier this season, you know that uh, no lead is safe um, when the Musketeers are in front in the game because they've found a way to blow weeds, blow games. And it's a very unreliable team. And here's the thing about Butler. Uh, Finally, fully healthy. This has kind of been a skeleton crew uh, for LeVar Jordan. A lot of times, uh, LeVar Jordan this season. But he's got Bo Hodges, Chuck Harris, Bryce Golden, Bryce Enzi. All those guys back and healthy and on the floor together. The Bulldogs lost by two at Xavier on February 2nd. Uh, I think you're going to get a desperate dog type of effort out of the Bulldogs. And I took six and a half. I'd still play at a plus five and a half. I think Butler's going to be five to win the game.
0: We uh, got your pick in the Mountain West. Any other conference tournament futures that you've made?
1: You know, I've made a bunch of them, actually. I played Duke at minus uh, 120 to win the ACC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, I played Cal State Fullerton at 7-1 to one to win the Big West. Uh, we talked about San Diego State. I played Villanova, plus 150 to win the Big Love East. It. Iowa, 4-1 uh, Iowa to one to win the Big Ten. Um, Kentucky about two to one plus one ninety, and then Arkansas also at eight to one in the SEC. Texas at seven to one in the Big Twelve, and then uh, I have not bet the Memphis play yet in the American. I might not do that, but I was taking a look at um, Memphis at three to one instead of Houston in the American hmm. Conference, but uh, I might pass on that. Let's talk golf, Scotty.
0: All right, well let's get into it. Uh, some some rain in the forecast in Florida. Could affect the play this weekend, but it is golf's fifth major. So, who are we looking at here for the Players' Championship?
1: Yeah, believe it or not, Ricky Fowler once won this tournament. Uh, <laughs> hasn't won a major, but he won the fifth major. Uh, you know, it's interesting here because I think the weather is going to be a factor this week. It looks like it's going to be, like you said, windy, rainy. It's uh, it's going to shift from hot to cold and back and forth, But and that's why... I'm not looking to play a guy like Jordan Spieth, who's a little bit of a volatile player anyway, and sometimes just uh, doesn't react well when he's on a, when he's on a uh, tough course and things aren't going his way. Uh, I'm playing Colin Morikawa. I played him at 17-1. to um, Last year, he was a little shaky at TPC Sawgrass, but he figured things out, I think, on Sunday. He had a fourth round, 66. That was the lowest score on the course in the final round. Uh, a couple weeks ago, at Riviera, he tied for second. Uh, I think Morikawa at 17 to one's a pretty good bet. Daniel Berger, the last time we saw him, he was blowing a lead and choking at the Honda. Um, but he's got two top tens in this tournament at Sawgrass, and I think he's going to be hungry to bounce back off that tournament he uh, choked away a couple weeks ago. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, the guy I played last week, and he was in contention. He was in the top ten. He just never really made a run to threaten. Um Fitzpatrick actually was one off the lead going into the weekend last year at TPC sawgrass. He's got four consecutive top 10 finishes and uh, played him at 40 to one, which is a pretty good number. So you got Morikawa, 17 Berger 30 Fitz 40. And uh, Shane Lowry is another guy I played. Talk about players who can handle the wind and excel in windy conditions. Fitzpatrick is one Fitzpatrick's a great putter too, by the way. And uh, Shane Lowry, there's another guy who can uh, play well in the wind, and he finished eighth last year at uh, Sawgrass. So, all those numbers I'm talking about come from uh, either Circus Sports, DraftKings, or the Westgate Superbook, which is those three books where I do most of my golf betting. We're talking about futures. I also played Fitzpatrick in a matchup, plus 120 over last week's winner, Scotty Scheffler. Scheffler's won two of the last three weeks. I got to think he's uh, due to cool off this week, and besides Fitz. Uh, Fits the profile of a guy who should be in the top 10 uh, this week at Sawgrass. And I got him at plus 120, so I like that matchup play. I'll tell you um, another guy, bets Hideki Matsuyama. Scott, this is going to bring back bad memories. I know it does for Mitch Moss because we were talking about it yesterday. In 2020, right before the sports world got shut down, if you remember, they played the first round of uh, the TPC. Hideki Matsuyama shot a 63. He was a first-round leader. He was on fire that day. I had a bet on him. Mitch Moss had a bet on him. And then guess what happened? The tournament got canceled, and the sports world got shut down. And uh, those bets were refunded. Hopefully, Hideki can pay us off this week. I bet him a 30-1 to at Circa tonight. Um, I'll tell you a couple other guys on my short list I didn't bet. Dustin Johnson, you're seeing him up a, around 35 to one yeah. higher. You just don't see those type of prices on DJ, but he's been all out of sorts and not playing well, but still sometimes when the guys, when an elite player has his odds drift up like that, you, know, you definitely have to give it a serious look. And another guy's Adam Scott, who's right around 55 to 60 to one. who has got, he's another guy who can play well in the wind. Uh, he's got a, a good course history here. I just didn't bet Scott because he, he has not been a closer. He's a guy who can pop up on the top of leaderboards, but on Sunday, he just can't close the deal. Uh, so I didn't even look at him in any matchups or, uh, futures, but I know that that's a guy that, um, kind of fits the profile of somebody who could be a long shot top type of winner this week. I wouldn't be st- uh, stunned if he's up there. I know Wes Reynolds likes to play him a lot. What
0: about John Rom? I know he's the co favorite for this event, but he, he, this is one of the best in the world, and you got to imagine he's due for a win.
1: John Rom was so good in that uh, year opening tournament in Maui. Remember that when he shot mm-hmm. 30, I think 33 under, and Cameron Smith shot 34 under to uh, beat him? And I thought, man, this could end up being the year of John Rom. He's just going to be on fire uh, because he won the U S open in Torrey pines last summer. And I thought, man, he's going to take over number one. And, uh, how many tournaments he's going to win? Well, he's still searching for that first win. At some point he's going to get hot. That's the thing. Scott, when you're, you're trying to time these guys correctly, because, uh, golfers like, you know, be like, uh, a guard, a guard, in a basketball team, a shooting guard who, uh, it's streaky. And, uh, you know, you get hot, and then sometimes you're not, and you can't make a shot no matter what. Right now, John Rahm's in a little bit of a funk. And he's going to bust out of it, though. He's, he's had some struggles with his putting, a uh, little bit of driving accuracy issues. When John Rahm comes out of this funk, watch out because uh, he's going to start playing the best golf of anybody in the world, and he's probably going to win a couple tournaments. The thing is, the key is what you're trying to figure out right now is it going to start this week or not? No love
0: for our guy, Willie Zalatoris.
1: I just think he's too much of a mess in the head mm-hmm. right now. I was going to play him every week, but he blew up over the weekend at Bay Hill, and he's he's struggling with the putter. Uh, right now, if you and I took him out to a putt-putt golf course, I think we'd whip him. Uh, <laughs> I don't think
0: you've seen me putt, Matt. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I've seen him putt, and I think he can't be any worse right now. So.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so, fantastic. You know, uh,
1: I'm going to have to lay off uh, Zalatoris here for a little bit until it looks to me like, you know, that he's uh, going to get his act together. I think he's got some battle scars from uh, some of the things that have happened mm-hmm. at Tory Pines and maybe uh, last week at Bay Hill. Yeah, possibly.
0: Matt, appreciate the time. Good luck with your bets uh, tomorrow, and enjoy uh, everything coming up this weekend as well.
1: Hey, you bet. Thanks, man.
0: We'll there he is, Matt Eumanns, our senior editor here at Vison host of The Edge, Monday through Friday. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You hit me up on Twitter, at Scott's S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Recapping those golf picks, uh, Colin Morikawa, Hideki Matsuyama, Daniel Berger, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Shane Lowry, uh, Brooks Kepka, possibly DJ Adam Scott as well. Coming up next, we'll get into uh, the NBA slate here for Wednesday. Pick out some winners on all of the boards. This is the look at here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the sports betting network. Get an early start on your college hoops tournament betting with VSIN's full court bracket betting coverage. Starting this Sunday with six hours of free live video streaming on vsin.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every game. The VSIN college hoops experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, and Tim Murray, They will analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers making the lines to find the best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket and round one tournament betting with the v College Hoops experts on Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern for free on v Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. On the NBA scoreboard here on Wednesday, Celtics are at the Hornets. Boston laying seven and a half on the road. I know it's a heavy line. I'm not worried by it. Uh, Boston has been the best team in the NBA since the calendar flipped. To 2022 in pretty much every measurement, uh, best defense, net rating, better than any other team. Uh, They've done so well against current playoff teams. You wonder, you know, what they uh, would do here against a Charlotte team that is in the play-in situation. Still a playoff team. Although not above 500, where the Celtics do have a winning record against teams above 500, uh, Charlotte's just in a bad spot. They just played on Tuesday night against the Nets, allowed Kyrie Irving to, to score 50 points, and they give up 132 points. I I, I got to think that Jason Tatum going to have a field day, and, and the Celtics are going to keep this thing rolling here. As uh, Boston right now is just a half game back of the Bulls for the four seed. And they're two games back of Milwaukee and Philly for the two seed. Boston looking to keep this thing rolling. Eight wins in their last ten games. Give me Boston taking advantage of a tired Hornets team. Speaking of those Bulls. You would think that this is the get-right spot for them. Chicago has lost five straight games. They haven't covered the spread in all five games. And they are slipping down the standings in the Eastern Conference. They're playing against the 18-win Detroit Pistons. They're six-point favorites. Naturally, this seems like an opportunity to back the Bulls to right the ship. However, Detroit comes into this game playing really good basketball. Six and two in their last eight games. Eight and zero oh run against the spread. And I think there's just only one way to play this game. The Bulls might win, but take the points with the Pistons seems like the only way to play this game. If there's one team you trust right now. It's the Pistons more than the Bulls. Suns are at the Heat, and uh, the Heat are laying seven and a half at home. This could very well be an NBA Finals preview. Uh, The Heat, number one team in the Eastern Conference. I look for them to keep it rolling. The Suns also playing here on the second night of a back-to-back. They were in Orlando. They beat the Magic. They didn't cover. They barely beat the Magic. DeAndre Ayton had 21 points. Um... Maybe there's some players that will sit out. Their depth is a strength. But without Devin Booker, without Chris Paul, they're just relying on everyone to kind of pick up the slack here. Still well in front in first place in the Western Conference. They're eight games ahead of Memphis, eight and a half ahead of the Warriors. So they're not worried about losing that. They can afford to take a night off. Maybe uh, going out in South Beach and enjoying themselves. So... They're going to take the night off here on uh Wednesday. Bucks will host the Hawks. Milwaukee, a five point favorite. Bucks just blew out the Thunder on Tuesday night. Lakers are at the Rockets. And Lakers right now are laying four. Don't know if LeBron's going to play. You know, the knee soreness, all that, all that stuff. And, well, let's see if we have any information on LeBron here. Um, questionable. But he says, or the Lakers are hopeful that it won't keep him out of the game. All right, significant soreness. Hmm. He is questionable. We know Anthony Davis is out. Uh, Talon Horton Tucker and Malik Monk are probable for this game. Lakers are just a bad team. And the Rockets... Are a bad team. Lakers have to win this game. I don't know how they can feel about themselves if they lose this game. They are the ninth seed right now. Just a game and a half up on New Orleans. Who would be the 10th seed. And if they are the 10th seed, that means they have to go to New Orleans. If that's the way the standings play out for the first play-in game. At least if they're the nine, they're hosting that first play-in game. So, uh, it doesn't look good for the Lakers. And and looking at the standings, if Portland just was able to win some games, Lakers wouldn't even be in the playoffs or even in the play-in situation right now. It just, they wouldn't. Because... Portland has lost five straight games, yet they're only three games back of the Lakers. So just crazy to think if Portland just won a couple of basketball games. Who knew? Who knows? Uh, Timberwolves will host the Thunder, and Minnesota laying 14 against an OKC team playing the second out of a back-to-back after they just got blown out. Pelicans host the Magic, New Orleans laying 7.5. Both of these teams played um, on Tuesday Pelicans lose to the Grizzlies and the magic um, lost to the Suns. So this seems like a spot for the Pelicans who have been playing better basketball and Zion Williamson is going to rejoin this team. He might be at the game. Uh, I don't think he's going to play, but Zion's supposed to rejoin rejoin this team in New Orleans this week. So maybe they get a boost uh, with Zion rejoining them. Uh, I like the Pelicans over the Magic. Mavericks, seven and a half point favorites over the Knicks. The Knicks, who surprisingly have won two straight games out West uh, with a come from behind victory over the Clippers. And uh, another come-from-behind victory over the Kings. Earlier in the season, it was the Knicks who were blowing 20-point leads. These last two games, uh, it's the Knicks coming back from 20-point deficits to win these games. Uh, still, though, the Mavericks, as long as Luke is playing, just too strong for this Knicks team. Raptors are at the Spurs. That game, Raptors minus one. Uh, Spurs have been slumping. I like Toronto there. Uh, again, Keep in mind, though, the one-point spread does give you a little hesitation. Blazers at the Jazz. You want to talk about a team that's struggling. I mentioned Portland losing five straight. The Jazz are 18-point favorites in this game, as crazy as that sounds. I, mean, I, I, I don't want to lay it with them, but... <sighs> the Blazers are just getting blown out in these games, which is wild. And then uh, you got the Nuggets, four-and-a-half-point favorites at the Kings. Hard to go against Nikola Jokic the way that he has been playing. And Clippers hosting the Wizards, Clippers, four-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, They've lost now two straight games, getting really manhandled by the Knicks and the Warriors. So this is a team that is not in good form right now. Uh, Wizards could come in there and give them uh, some trouble here as they're playing on the second night of a back-to-back. And all eyes looking ahead now to Thursday's game, Nets-Sixers. We have an early line right now. Nets plus four and a half. I will be on the Nets plus the four and a half. Coming up this morning on Follow the Money, Jeff Seeley, golf handicapper cut uh, Cutmaker Podcast will join the program at 8 a.m. Eastern time, get his picks for the Players' Championship. Chad Andrews from 104.3 The Fan in Denver will talk about the Russell Wilson acquisition and the Broncos' odds dr- drastically changing for them to win the AFC and the Super Bowl. And Tim Brando from Fox Sports at 9 a.m. Eastern time. I'm sure he's going to talk a lot of college hoops, uh, Big East tournament action getting underway, a lot of major conference tournament actions getting underway here on wednesday i'm scott Seidenberg. hit me up on twitter at scotts on air s-c-o-t-t-s-o-n-a-i-r let's go canadiens plus 180 give me that plus money action it's gonna be a lot of fun here on wednesday and especially in college basketball and in the nba as well this is the look ahead right here on vc